0: Hey, welcome back. My name is Katrin Rhodes. If we haven't met already, Hey, this is where I help leaders innovate by design. Here's something that I'm sure many of us have struggled with in some form or fashion over the years. And that is, how do you work for a boss that you just don't respect? So you probably heard the saying that people leave bosses, they don't leave jobs. Gallup actually studied this and discovered that one in two people actually leave a job which is one of the most disruptive things that you can possibly do with your life. Trust me, I've done it several times. And they leave a job specifically to get away from a manager. So one in two of us have been in the situation where we're working for somebody that we don't respect. So I wanna look at four lenses that that affect how we understand or respect, respect our boss or our leaders. And then give us, and then I want to like cap that with some really practical tips that you can do today that might help that relationship and it will surely help you cope with working for somebody that you don't respect. The first four things I want to look at actually come from David Meister, who is a thought leader on what does it mean to be a professional in a professional service firm in that context, which is this, the context that I operate in day in and day out of. Um, but I feel like this context uh, in the lens that he looks at these, uh, this aspect of respect in your boss, uh, affect us all. So I think these four lenses are helpful, whether you work in a professional service firm or not. So with that, let's just jump right into these four lenses that affect how we or will or, or if we will respect our boss David lays them out on a progression on on unless you can get from one gate you'll not get to the next and so on and so forth so starting with number one and working through four uh, you've got to get through each of these gates in order to you know really complete the puzzle and these gates are they they, they live on a spectrum from really deep rooted things to what feels maybe more like surface things so there's also that kind of lens on this progression as well. So he starts out with motivations, moving to values, moving moving to competence, and then moving to style. The way he lays this out is that unless I truly understand and appreciate your motives, uh, then we can move on to values. And if we are aligned on values, then we can move on to competence. And if, if you ha- demonstrate competence, then of course, then it just comes down to style. And I think these four lenses affect us all in various aspects in our work. So I thought let's break break those down a little bit and just see how those lenses affect that working relationship between you and your boss. And you know, what, I'm using the word boss here and not leader. I think there is a big difference between a boss and a leader. And in this context, I've, I decided to focus on boss because it does evoke something a little, uh, gross about it. Even though we all have bosses, it's the title, it's a position thing. Um, I think leader leaders and leadership is a different aspect and I don't want to tarnish that world with the negative aspects of what it means to be a boss. There's a whole lot of good things that come with being a boss too, but you get what I'm saying. So first, the motives. Uh, The way that David describes the motives here is that um, I need a sense as your employee that you are looking out for the interest of the team and the organization above your own interests. So there's a sense of altruism there. And if I get the sense that you're more interested in advancing your own career, Or if I get the sense that you're putting me down in front of my peers, or if you're taking credit for my ideas, uh, if you're doing things that kind of undermine me or my teammates in order to make yourself look good, or in in order to advance your own status within the team or the organization, David says your team is going to, they're going to judge you first and foremost by your motives. If your motives come across as you first and not team and organization first, then you're, then you're not going to have the respect of your team, and the way he describes it is, that, yeah, you might have my, you might have my day, you might have my time, but you're not going to get my energy. Though no. first one's motives. If you're working for a boss that you just question their motives, maybe their behavior is that they take credit for your ideas, or maybe they dismiss you or shut your idea, shut you down in front of your peers. If they do those kinds of things, that kind of indicate that they're more interested in advancing their own career than looking out for the, the health and, uh, of the team and the organization. So here's something that, that I think you'll find helpful just to keep in mind when you are evaluating, or critiquing your boss on the level of motives. And that first and foremost, motives are really hard and really tricky to understand. Sometimes it may appear that their motives say me first and team second, but here's the thing. Most of the time when we see that kind of really ugly behavior and we see it, we see it like one in two people have left their job in order to leave a boss. Like we see it, right? A lot of time that crummy behavior is really coming out of a place of insecurity. So they might feel insecure about a whole bunch of things. It's not your job to manage their insecurities. I get that, that's, that's on them. They're projecting it in a really crummy behavior and it might feel or appear like they're more interested in advancing their own career than they are in looking out for the team. But keep in mind, motives are really tr- tricky to nail down and the behavior that you're observing is most likely coming out of some sort of insecurity. So again, it's not your job to manage their insecurities. You're not responsible for their insecurities. But what you can do is you can be mindful about not purposefully triggering an insecurity that's, that's simply going to get in the way. So if you know a particular behavior, if you know a particular um, uh, situation is going to just bring out the worst in your boss, and you can avoid it and still get the job done, you can avoid it and still feel good about the situation, try that. Just avoid it. Look for ways to avoid triggering this person's insecurities. And then also just remember, motives are really, really tricky to, to nail down. You don't know for sure if they're really interested in like putting the team aside just to advance their own career. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's true. Oftentimes that behavior is just coming out of insecurity elsewhere. Moving on to values. So this is where you sense that your boss doesn't share or value the same things that you do. Maybe they aren't concerned with quality in the same way that you are. Maybe they aren't concerned with industry best practices in the same way that you are. Maybe they are more concerned with getting a job done than getting it done right. Or maybe they're more concerned with hitting a particular metric or, you know, a team goal more than they are about team health. Maybe your boss is really passive aggressive and doesn't value candor and is really interested in trying to manage the team's emotions versus enabling people to be emotionally intelligent and responsible for themselves. Those are all things that David would consider a value that maybe you might be misaligned on with your boss. I get this one big time. I've got a long list of values that I believe are critical for healthy teams, for effective organizations, and they get trampled all the time. So if you're anything like me, you have a list of values. You have them clearly defined and you know deep in your bones that they are critical for healthy teams and effective organizations. And if you have that kind of clarity, it is really crystal clear when those values get trampled or when they're not aligned with something else. And that's just the nature of it. So what do you do in a situation where you're working for someone and your values are not aligned? helpful reminder for myself personally, hopefully it is for you as well, is that you're never going to align on all your values with everybody all of the time. That's just the nature of it. There is going to be times where your values get trampled and your actions trample other people's values. That isn't always a sign of things being broken. Sometimes it's a sign of just simply humans being humans and the fact that we're all different. So keep that in mind. Look for moments to celebrate where your values are aligned. Remember, remind yourself of the fact that, yeah, we do share similar values. And here they are specifically. Account for them and look for them. And and remember that we do share some values. And we're not going to always share all of the values all the time. Um, But here's the things that at least we can align on. That can be helpful. The third gate that David describes is this idea of competency. And the way that he describes competency, are you able to actually get stuff done? Are you able to actually reflect on the organization, on the team and come up with new ideas and new processes that make everything better or make aspects of the work we do better? He describes that as competency. So if you're you're working for a boss that just can't seem to get things done, Maybe, they, maybe you align with them on values, and maybe you, uh, maybe you deem their motives to be uh, headed in the right direction, but they just can't get stuff done. They have ideas, but no action, or they have all of the intent in the world, but nothing ever gets delivered. Hey, this is really common, super common, and it is frustrating. What can you do when you're working for someone who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of competency, Here's something that I have to remind myself of. Here's a, just a little nugget that often replays in my mind, and I don't even know where I picked it up from. It's it's been living with me for years, and it's this this little phrase: "If it's going to be, it's up to me." You know, sometimes things don't get done because nobody is willing to take initiative, or maybe we can't see around a problem, or maybe maybe your bosses have a hard time. Uh, seeing around a problem over an obstacle, or maybe they can't get through resistance. I need to be reminded that I actually have the power to move things forward as well. It's not just up to my boss. Or maybe there are ways that I can compliment my boss in their efforts to get things done. Maybe there's sometimes where I can just take the ball and run with it myself. So I think that's a, a healthy reminder in dealing with a boss that doesn't have a whole lot of competency. So the fourth gate that David describes is style. Now this one feels really subjective. It's going to be interpreted, style is interpreted differently from person to person. But the overarching theme that David's describing here is does the leader have the ability to motivate a team? Can they actually find things that inspire people to... Uh, pursue a common mission or a common vision. Maybe you've got a boss who's boring. Maybe they come across as arrogant or maybe they come across as aloof. All of these things can really be like off-putting. Maybe their style is just wonky or awkward. There are pockets of industries that are just kind of known for being awkward and off-putting. You probably know who you are. So here's the deal. I know it can be really frustrating to work for a boss who is just not inspiring and is just kind of blah. Don't depend on your boss to motivate you. It's maybe a hard pill to swallow. Maybe it's hard to hear, but find that motivation internally. Find other things that drive you, whether it's your focus on craft, maybe it's your focus on organizational goals or the mission or vision of the organization. Find ways to to tap into motivation outside of your boss. You can't depend on your boss to unlock that in you. And yes, it's really fantastic to have a boss that can motivate and inspire a team. And it's really frustrating to see your teammates kind of like slogged into the to that world where there's just nothing inspiring about it about the work. Find that motivation internally. Okay, so those are the four gates that Dave describes in how you will be judged as a boss, but how we generally judge our bosses motivations, values, competency, and style, all inform whether or not we will truly follow someone, whether we'll give them our energy. So you've done all you can do on, on, on getting your mind around those four things and you still have a boss you don't respect. It's still really hard to go to work and deal with this individual. I wanna give you two bonus things that you can do that apply to kind of all of this that I personally find helpful. So I know they work. Hopefully they work for you. So they're both super simple and you can start them today. And that is the first one: remind yourself of why you work where you work. And it's probably if it's a boss, it's not, he's not, he or she is not gonna be on the list. That's fine. Don't feel bad about it. It is, it is what it is. But you, you might have a paycheck that pays the bills. Uh, the job might be flexible and giving you the kind of work-life balance that you need. Um, it might be the for now job, and maybe there's a later job, but this is just a stepping stone towards. Remind yourself of why you work there and, and at least give yourself that anchor and do it daily. The next one is look for things that you can be grateful for in your current job. And if you're really stretching it, look for things that you can be grateful for in your current boss. So I have a daily exercise where I start the day with with journaling three things that I'm grateful for as a way to anchor my day in gratitude. Because here's the thing, envy and um, bitterness and resentment, they're waiting for me throughout the rest of the day. They're just waiting. They're waiting for me to bump into them but I wanna start my day with this notion of gratitude and that shapes the way that I view the rest of the day. And when I'm having a hard time at work, those are the things that I reach for. I look for what can I be grateful for about my current job. I remind myself, what is it? why is it that I took this job? Why is it that I'm here? And that doesn't necessarily solve the fact that, I, that you might not respect your boss. And it may still, it, it might not solve, obviously, the fact that there's stuff going on outside of your control. I get that. But anchoring my day in gratitude I, has made a tremendous difference. So I hope this has been helpful as if you're in the situation, like half of us are, where you don't work for a boss that you have a lot of respect for. So, I hope that's helpful. Hey, if, if you are working with somebody that is either struggling to gain the respect of a teammate or of their team or maybe they're working with somebody who is in, that, in this boat, feel free to share this video with them. I think it'd be a good resource. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button and if you're into it, smash the like button, I appreciate it. And um, I look forward to having these conversations with you down the road.